0: left. Hardy with six. Hardy on Brown. Hardy with three. With two. Hardy reverse slam is gone. 1.2 left. St. John's 12 to 14 from the field in this second half. Hans again. Samori Hans. 30. Dylan Wusu also in the ball game. Champagne. Yeah. Hey, you're <laughs> kidding me. Another. Free for you are now listening to the Eye of the Storm podcast. What's going on, Johnny Nation? Welcome to episode 23 of the Eye in the Storm podcast. My name is David Barov, and a few days after St. John's improved to 8-0 by rolling past LIU 95-68, St. John's got on a plane and headed to Ames, Iowa. This afternoon, St. John's walked into the Hilton Coliseum at 8-0, and they walked out at 8-1, and one, getting absolutely overpowered, outmatched, outclassed, and looked like they didn't even belong from the word go as they lost 71-60 to 60 to the Iowa State Cyclones. At 4.34 p.m., late in the second half, with the outcome clearly decided already, somebody texted me and said, I have many, 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 many words to say about this game, and none of them are good. I would say that was an understatement, and I think any St. John's fan who watched it, including myself, would have a really hard time trying to cherry-pick anything that was remotely decent from this game, maybe besides Rafael Pinzon's performance. In the biggest game of the year so far, on the road, against the ranked team, St. John's got punched in the mouth from the opening tip-off. They got knocked to the canvas and could barely get back on their own two feet throughout the entire game. This one was never close. The final score was 71-60, to but that was definitely not what it felt like if you watched this game. St. John's looked like they never had a chance. They were completely, completely overwhelmed from the opening tip-off. Before you even blinked, St. John's and their slow starts all year were losing 7 nothing. And then a blink of an eye later, it's 14-2. It's 17-2. It's 19-5. It's 22-5. to And you're sitting there, like I've said before, holy crap. What have we got ourselves into how are we ever going to come back from this? And St. John's never did. They never even got close at one point they cut it down to eight in the second half but my goodness that felt like you would have to climb Everest in order to come back from that usually there was hope throughout the season in these second half wins when you came back they go on this big big run St. John's never did that in this one there was never any continuity on offense there was no semblance of offense at all this was ugly from the word go and again that 71-60 to final score really does not tell the story of this game. In a game where every single person knew what the scouting report against St. John's would be for Iowa State, St. John's was careless with the ball to the tune of 20 turnovers. They couldn't make a basket when it counted, or frankly all game, and simply could never get any semblance of a flow on offense for 40 straight Minutes And after a performance like this, after losing like this, to the skeptics and to the people that have criticized the non-conference schedule saying that the type of opponents they have played thus far, besides Temple and Syracuse, would not get St. John's adequately prepared for the bigger-name opponents in hostile environments... Like today's game, well, they could certainly take a little bit of a victory lap, and it's hard to fault them with the way that St. John's looked today. This idea that St. John's was coming into the game with nothing to lose or nothing to be ashamed of if they lost— I don't really buy it. Was it a must-win game? I don't think so. But I certainly heard the people who said that they thought that it was based on the schedule and based on the Big East having a quote-unquote down year thus far. Now, a lot has to take place and a lot still has to shake out, so we don't know if the Big East will actually have a down year when we evaluate things in February and March but for now I can understand why people are saying that so St John's even though it does have 20 plus games in the Big East coming up and starting on December 7th against DePaul right now that eight and0 start after losing the way that it did this afternoon to Iowa State certainly will give fans a a bit of trepidation moving forward and will give those who have criticized and or been skeptical about what kind of team mike anderson has here you will certainly give them ammunition moving forward this game besides the outcome, now leaves you with a lot of question marks. There's a lot of question marks around the identity of this team, around how this team is going to prepare for more games on the road against Big East opponents. Now you've got Florida State on the road coming up on December 17th. And like I said, you have DePaul coming up in a few days. This is a tough one to just say, all right, we're going to flush it down the toilet and move on. There are question marks here in regards to preparation. Because this team just did not look ready to play. We have talked about the slow starts that this team has gotten out to in almost every single game thus far this season, besides a few. And when you are down 19-5 to in the first 11 minutes of the game on the road in a packed Hilton Coliseum, how? How do you sit there and have confidence in a second-half adjustment when the offense looked that poor? Now, you could say that St. John's thus far has been a second-half team, and they have made the proper adjustments all year. That is true. But you have to remember who you're playing. This is the number 23-ranked team in the country. This is T.J. Otzelberger and the Iowa State Cyclones, who have knocked off number one North Carolina just a few days ago. This was a St. John's team that was playing only eight guys. Dylan Adaiwusu and Omar Stanley did not play today, we don't exactly know why just yet, but they didn't check in once this game. So St. John's was forced to go on the road against a really strong defensive team and only play eight guys. So what's the macro point here? Obviously, you don't like how the team played and you don't like the end result, but the you do go into this game. I don't think you really expect to win on the road in Ames when you schedule a game like this. But at 8-0, and o, you were feeling yourself. There was confidence going into the game. And the biggest thing that you kept saying going into this game was, hey, you have a chance to make a statement right? St. John's had the opportunity today. You had the opportunity. Having opportunity is a blessing and is something that should be cherished and should be relished, but you have to do something with that opportunity. St. John's had a chance to go on the road and beat a ranked team and really make a statement this season with a signature win in their non-conference schedule, improve to 9-0, and get a really, really strong road win, and prove to the country, Prove to the Big East that St. John's is for real. And now, instead, St. John's loses to Iowa State, but it's the way that they lost that is going to leave fans uneasy moving forward. It's going to leave the media asking questions about what this team really is. Can they perform on the road? Can they beat upper echelon teams? And will they be able to protect the ball against good defenses? Will they be able to have a guy step up and score the ball? Will they be able to hit more field goals than turnovers in a game? Because all of those things were major issues in this game against Iowa State. Before the game, I wrote down a few keys to how St. John's would have to attack Iowa State. Number one, with a bullet protect the ball, and limit the turnovers. Not only did they not do that, they turned the ball over 20 times in this game. There was four turnovers in the first four minutes, five in the first six. Sage John's turned the ball over like it didn't even want to have the ball. Now you got to credit Iowa State's defense and what they did today. What Iowa State did was say that we are going to beat St. John's with our defense. We're not going to do anything fancy, but we know how to beat you. We're going to make your guards uncomfortable. We're going to make you guys turn the ball over. And so St. John's, instead of implementing a plan to help the ball handers to be a little closer to help in trap situations, St. John's dribbled the ball too much. St. John's would try to split defenders and turn the ball over non stop listen it is easy to record and do these podcasts when you're winning and you're eight and oh and everything is sunshine and rainbows but when the team doesn't play well they have to be held accountable that starts from the top down coach anderson is the one who is responsible for this team and is the one who was supposed to implement a game plan and have these guys ready but again it was another slow start by st john's and you really have to wonder why this keeps happening why does the slow starts continue to rear its ugly head St. John's only scored two points through the first eight minutes of the game. They didn't force Iowa State to commit a single turnover. Rafael Pinzon hits a three, then Iowa State hits a a, a wide-open three on the side, and Chris Spatola, who's doing the game for ESPN2, literally said, I don't know what defense St. John's is in. These shooters are wide open, something that the fans have been talking about all year in regards to St. John's poor rotations in regards to three-point defense. Then, there was a major shift in the first half. At about 4.38, Montez Mathis goes up for a layup, he makes it, and a foul is called. Except, a foul was called on Montez Mathis on a charge. When they showed the replay of the call, you could clearly see that the Iowa State player was moving his feet, and it was a block, and it should have been an and one. At the time, it was 24-14. to So, Montez Mathis, in theory is going to the line, the game should be 24-16 to with a chance to make it in a seven-point lead. So it's a wrong call by Pat Driscoll and James Breeding, two of St. John's most absolutely favorite referees. On top of that, it's compounded by attack on coach Mike Anderson, who rightfully so was absolutely furious at the blown call. It was 100% the wrong call. Jaron Holmes makes the free throw on the other end. They hit another jumper off of that. And just like that, it goes from a potential 24 to 17 game to 27 to 14 and St. John's is sitting there and has to beg and plead and claw for any sense of momentum when their opportunity for momentum got stripped away by a really bad call by the refs now if you're following the game on social media you saw a lot of fans were upset about the referees and I was too but at the end of the day this is on the players this is on our guys this is on our staff this is on St. John's not getting the job done in a big game and yeah the refs certainly didn't do say johns any favors here and there but we can't sit here and blame the refs they made a few bad calls happens every game. But St. John's is the one that couldn't put the ball in the ocean. St. John's is the one who couldn't hit a three-pointer, going three for 16 from deep. St. John's is the one that missed six free throws. St. John's is the one that only made 19 shots all game, shooting 35%, 19 for 53. They turned the ball over more times than the shots that they made 20 to 19. You can't blame referees for that, but you can credit Is T.J. Otzelberger and the defense by Iowa State. Those guys bought in. Those guys are all in on their system, on their defense. They had a really, really smart approach to the game. They weren't going to beat themselves. They only turned the ball over 12 times. They were hounding St. John's guards on defense, and they forced St. John's to beat themselves In regards to the turnovers, you look at the numbers here and you have to wonder how does something like this happen? How does the team only have six assists all game? 20 turnovers, six assists. It's a recipe for disaster. You got to share the ball. You got to move the ball around. You got to put your guys in great positions. Get the ball around the rim and you got to make your shots. Posh Alexander had 14 points to lead the way for St. John's, but he had eight turnovers. Andre Curbelo fouled out of the game. Six points four turnovers. Montez Mathis had 13 points and four rebounds. David Jones was not really a factor in this game. He had seven points. Five of those points came from the line. He was 0 of 4 from deep. In these kinds of games, you need your alphas to step up. And David Jones wasn't there. Iowa State did a great job of taking Joel Soriano's offense away from the game. He had seven points and 12 rebounds. He was constantly hounded in the paint. He barely got the ball even in his hands in the first half. They did a little bit of a better job in the second had to get him the ball but it was a rough rough game for a lot of say john's players when you only get 20 points from andre corbello joel soriano and david jones combined and going six for 20 from the floor it's a really hard time you are giving yourself in order to try and win the game again say john's and mike anderson were up against it clearly didn't have their full roster even though montez math missed the liu game with an illness he was back today But you had Dylan Adaiwusu and Omar Stanley unavailable in this game as they didn't come off the bench. So you're only playing eight deep on the road against a really strong team, a fundamentally sound team, a team that deserves a lot of credit. This is a team that beat Villanova a few weeks ago that made the first statement of the year that they were for real. And then they followed that up back to back winning against number one, North Carolina. And then they were in a tough game against UConn, which they dropped. But this Iowa State team is going to make a lot of noise this year. And they exploited St. John's for all of their mistakes, for all of the issues that they have been plagued with all year in regards to their carelessness with the ball, with their inability at times to make jumpers. They forced St. John's to beat themselves at the credit to Iowa State's really strong defense and TJ Otzelberger has a lot to be proud of with his group. TJ Otzelberger told Iowa State that they were going to win this game with defense and you saw it early on. They took guys that normally had a presence like Joel Soriano completely out of the game. David Jones was a non-factor. They forced St. John's to play on the perimeter and then they trapped him in the corners. This is what Iowa State has done all year. Anybody that has watched the game against Villanova or North Carolina or any of their games, the game against UConn, their defense sets the tone. And when you combine playing against that kind of defense on the road with a horrendous slow start to the first half that you couldn't afford, you are compounding problems for yourself. St. John's beat itself. St. John's was simply not prepared, and they have nobody to blame for this loss besides themselves. You know, it's interesting. I brought up Chris Spatola, who was doing the game on ESPN2, and I wrote down a few quotes that he said throughout the game. In the second half, he said that St. John's schedule was now a bit of fool's gold based on how they looked in this game. Now, this is a guy who I don't know if he's watched St. John's a bunch. I don't know if he just looked at the schedule so far, if he just looked at box scores, but he gave a lot of credence to the things that St. John's fans have said this offseason. Later on in the second half, Chris Spatola also said that St. John's has no idea what their identity is yet. They ran into a team that said, nah, you're not going to be able to win the way that you have won so far. And he was right. So a lot of credit to him for calling it the way that he saw it, especially as somebody who is not particularly familiar with St. John's, perhaps. He's not a guy that's on these FS1 games often, but he saw something on the court And he called St. John's out for it, and I don't think he was too off base. I mentioned early on the only positive thing that you could really say about this game was the play of Rafael Pinzon. He hit a few threes that kept St. John's within striking distance, He hit one that made it 63-53 to with 4.08 to play, and that's pretty much as close as it would get. They would get as close as nine after a Montez Mathis free throw, but it never got closer than that. And honestly, St. John's was never really in this game. They never went on that run. They never got multiple stops in a row and followed it up with baskets of their own. There just was never any momentum for St. John's at all because any chance St. John's had at stringing together a few baskets was interrupted by a bad shot an ill-advised three or a turnover so what's next for st johns you're about to get big east play started you've got DePaul in a few days and you've got guys that are questioning the identity of your team nebraska just knocked off creighton at home in a very unexpected game so st johns who beat nebraska 70 to 50 that game looks a little bit better but i digress st john's has people questioning who they are st john's has to prove now to its own fans that this is a anomaly of a game st john's has to prove to itself that they can overcome this speed bump in the season and yes you're eight and one this game does not bury your season but this game is going to leave a bad taste in your mouth this game is going to leave fans wondering who the real St. John's is. If you want to borrow a line from Eminem, will the real St. John's please stand up? Again, I've said it on the last few episodes. St. John's has not played a full 40 minutes yet. It certainly didn't do that today. Will they do it on December 7th against DePaul? We need them to string it together. Put 40 minutes of quality basketball on the the floor. Value the basketball. Stop turning the ball over. 20 turnovers is ridiculous. Hit your free throws. We got to get guys like David Jones open looks we gotta get Andre Curbelo using his skills and using his speed to our advantage you gotta set plays up for your guys there's no reason why David Jones should only have two points and all his other points come from the free throw line Andre Curbelo only having six points and fouling out kills you Joel Soriano not dominating a bunch of possessions all throughout the game after the monster season that he's having is crazy. You are shooting yourself in the foot by not letting the guys who have proven to be your stalwarts get the ball and you have to funnel your offense through them. Now, again, I'm not breaking news here. I am not inventing the wheel. This should be very obvious. And it's really head-scratching to fans and people like me and you, if you're listening, why we have to question things like this didn't get done against Iowa State. Again, yes, they played really good defense, but you have to coach your way into beating their defense. That's the whole point, right? Creating a game plan. And yeah, you want to talk about second half adjustments. You want to see what they did in the first half. Fine. I don't think we did too much better in the second half. And yeah, at least you went blow for blow with them in regards to scoring as you both scored 38 points in the second half. But still, you lost the game. You never looked like you were really in it. And right now, this looks to be a team that fans are going to have to sit here and wonder... What kind of team is St. John's? Is this team for real? And if so, they really need to show us and show us soon. Like I said before, it's easy to come on here and talk about all the great things that St. John's have done when they're 8-0. But when they play like this, in my opinion, they deserve to be criticized. The staff... Mike Anderson, they have to take this one on the chin. This is on them. And St. John's falls to 8-1 as they lose to Iowa State 71-60. to 60. They have a chance to wipe it away and at least start another run of wins against DePaul on the 7th of December. That game is at 6-30 at Carneseco Arena. You can catch the game on FS1. DePaul is 5-3 so far. They got a win the other day against Loyola Chicago. They've got losses to Oklahoma State, Texas A&M and a win over Minnesota early in the season. This is going to be a revenge narrative, potentially, for David Jones, as it is his first game against his former team. Can St. John's prove to the fans and themselves that this game against Iowa State was an anomaly, and they could bounce back with a big statement win against DePaul. To those that might not think that that's good enough, you got to start somewhere, and you got to start a winning streak again. Start by beating a Big East opponent, and you start on December 7th. Let's see how St. John's answers off of a loss. They'll have a few days off, and we'll see everybody back in Carnesecca Arena on December 7th. I hope we're talking about a win afterwards, and I hope to see you guys there. So everybody that's tuned in, I appreciate it, and we'll talk next time. You've been listening to the Eye on the Storm podcast. Go Johnnies!